I am so sorry. <laughs> Anyways. Start your sublight engines. It's time for Rupalp's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to another week of chaos. My name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on social media at Melvin Culpa and on TikTok as Grunkle, at Grunkle Rex. Uh, and my gender this week is Chibi Bib Fortuna. Chib Fortuna, if you will. Chib Fortuna, Chib Fortuna. is killing me. He's just a little guy. Just a little he guy. He scares me. I, don't I know was something obs- about him. I loved him. I was obsessed you with that little gentleman. He reminded me of like Rufus from Kim Possible. <laughs> I'm a Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on TikTok at the Jewish Jedi. And my agenda this week is Chibi Boba Fett's gay little foot tap that he was doing while the band played. That was very important to me. <laughs> I could say anything about Boba though, because like hearing Tem's voice again, I was like, I'm gonna become a problem when the book of Boba Fett comes out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be an issue. I know. I was like trying not to scream because it was like you know past midnight and all my family was home and asleep, and I was just like, I'm freaking out. But, <laughs> but there he is. My name is Ollie. My pronouns are they them. My social media is at Ollie Fresh, Fresh with the PH on pretty much every platform. And my gender this week is. Whatever they got going on in the short, the elder, not the elder himself, but basically everyone else. Very gender. What? You don't like his freaky little yellow teeth? Look, or his weird little black eyes? Or his weird little his beard thing that goes in three directions. <laughs> Look. The way he stands. <laughs> I'm gonna his say two here's, little laser swords. Here's the thing. If he wasn't in it, everything else would be very gender. He, however, that animal on the hill, very gendered. Wow, trigger your your elders is GNC as fuck. <laughs> Hi, my name is Claudia. Um, I she her pronouns. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says K A L U D I A says. Um, my gender of the week is they are gatekeeping, they are slay queening, they are doing this in the name of the force, of course. Um, because in almost every single one, every single one of these shorts, there was a girl boss with like really high heels being like, this is just who I am. And, and that sound, that TikTok sound just kept going through my brain and I couldn't stop. I was like, oh my God, she, she's, she's doing it. Um, shout out to the girl bosses, uh, of visions. I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on TikTok and Twitter at Kawaii Jessio. And um, my gender this week is running late to Star Wars anime school with um, bread in my mouth, like toast. Is toast canon in Star Wars? I forget. Is bread canon? Gotta ask Julia. <laughs> bread is canon. Waffles are canon. Food is sometimes, sometimes may contain bones. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia, if you're listening, please allow me Get to out. edit pages again. <laughs> <laughs> We're not getting into the beef right now. Okay. Um, so yeah, this episode is going to be about Star Wars Visions, uh, which came out literally yesterday. Um, this is the, the, the fastest little turnaround we've had for, for an episode, so that's exciting. Um yeah, let's let's get into it, I guess. I think the the first like best way to start this conversation out is just to like ask like what was your favorite short of the of the bunch? I think my favorite ones were probably um The Village Bride or The Ninth Jedi. I liked both of them just from like they were very pretty to look at. Uh I am a cis person, I think. 
But like seeing that little blue haired woman in uh, the village bride, I was like, hmm, interesting. I liked everything about the character design in those episodes and I actually like the plot as well. Like I've, I've gone back and watched them several times and found them very rewatchable. And I just, I think they were fun. I, I like them a lot. One of my favorite um was probably also the ninth jedi i think it was really cool i liked the concept of it a lot like the mood ring lightsaber which is what jess said i think before um yeah the mood ring lightsaber is very powerful um i also will say i really liked the elder um as evidenced by my gender i think they're very gnc um (laughs) but i also I, because I do have High Republic brain rot, I'm like, yes, Master and Padawan duo, just like the High Republic, despite the fact that that happens in basically every other piece of Star Wars media. There's something about Dan and and his master that I keep forgetting how to pronounce his name that made me like, Pelin? Yeah, Tajin. I was just like, Pelin loaded? (laughs) My hot take, I think, is the the energy they gave me is... I think that's what Ahsoka and Obi-Wan would have been like if Obi-Wan would have been her master rather than Anakin. Like, that's the vibe that they would have given off if there had been Obi-Wan and Ahsoka episodes of the Clone Wars or if he had been her master rather than Anakin. Like, that's the vibe. Completely the vibe. Like, Dan, Ahsoka, they're very similar. um, And she might not have been on a kill streak like uh <laughs> like Anakin but like immediately that was the energy I was feeling so and also Obi-Wan is a kind of person just like he knows everybody how does he know everybody who knows actually I retract my Bell and Loden it feels like maybe if it was like if Bell's master was fucking Comac instead <laughs> I don't know I wouldn't say Wreath vibes because like Dan was like so ready to be like let's go out let's go fight and Wreath was like I want to stay in. I want to read a book. I was going to say the other one I think is an honorable mention. I don't think it was like my all-time favorite, but I've seen a lot of people who didn't like it. I really liked Lapin Ocho. I thought that one was very fun. It did make me- people who didn't like it? But I really liked Lapin Ocho. I think it has been getting um, a little, not hate, but people don't love it, which is fine. Like obviously everyone has their taste, but I just thought it was cute. And then I got emotional at the end. I'll I'll start with my- close second favorite which was the ninth jedi there's just something about the ninth jedi that i found really fun and interesting out yeah. and like what always said that i said the, the little mood ring lightsabers of like oh the kyber crystal the, the lightsaber will change color depending on who's wielding it and also like just the concept of the lightsaber getting longer or shorter too was really fun and then i did think that her dad died but uh, no, it was it was fine. Sorry, that's kind of spoiler. <laughs> um, uh, I I did think of the, with the lightsaber getting longer and shorter. That did happen in Rebels. Um, where oh Kana yeah, that's was like, true. It has a button on it. It makes it longer or shorter. My true favorite, the one that I actually really enjoyed the most, and I think this is because I am a big studio trigger fan and just like anime fan but it was the twins because it was the most extra and anime shit I've seen in a while and it was just really colorful and cool I really liked all of them I actually like as I was watching them I was like man it has been a really long time since number one I've watched a new anime number two I've rewatched a Ghibli movie whatever I was I was feeling like I love anime just every single time I watched one um and I, I, I really liked all of them. I'm going to say my favorite was The Village Bride. Um, New York's Hottest Club really did have everything. And it just, 
it just the vibes were so good also um the voice of uh a lot of the voices were familiar to me i do watch a lot of animation the voice of um what's her name the little jedi girl um that was glimmer um <laughs> glimmer is in it um shadow weavers the last one um it, obviously she's in a bunch of other stuff but she's very famous uh the voice of like the new like sailor moon like not Viz Media, but like you know, the the new dub Sailor Moon. She was also in in the Village Pride. So yeah, I was also looking at the Japanese cast, and there, uh, I believe the Japanese voice for Roy, for Roy Mustang is in one of them as well. And I was like, hello. So yeah, the Village Pride really had New York's hottest club had everything, and I really did like the animation a lot. I I like the animation in all of them. I thought they were really cool. Um, I did love that the duel was kind of the first one because it was like, this is a lot like the Hidden Fortress because uh, Star Wars is the Hidden Fortress. Um, and it was just sick and cool looking. Um, also love Lucy Lou. My second favorite one was Toby. I don't know if I've talked about it or we've like mentioned it before on the podcast or whatever about like, I, I, lo- I love talking about droid rights and the thought of a force sensitive droid. Like it was just, it was, it was Pinocchio with a force sensitive droid. And I, I, I felt insane. I felt crazy. Also, I love the webtoon space boy and ah, it just, it, uh, it made me feel nuts. I also really enjoyed the village bride. I want to say I, it's hard for me to choose like a favorite because I loved a lot of them. And I was, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm not huge into anime. I've seen, I believe one episode of Jojo's bizarre adventure and that is it anime wise <laughs> i know of all the shows and it wasn't like even the first episode it was truly like season five or some shit my friends That's were like insane my friends are. were like my friends were like oh my god you need to watch this show and i was like what and they were like okay i'm gonna turn it on now and then made me watch it and i was like besties what the fuck did i just watch anyway the fact that that's oh, the no. anime that you started with um so i didn't go into this knowing a whole lot about anime um and like i was like okay like it's gonna be an interesting art style and like like there's just gonna be some things that are gonna be new to me and i'm excited about that um but i was like pleasantly surprised every single art style i was like this is really neat i really enjoy this this is not what i thought anime necessarily was um and so that was exciting for me i mean i really like the duel um but I, i think the village bride really just itched something good in my brain um because of like the 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 way that they talk about like the force and then i forgot what they call it in the in the the short itself um, Magina, like, i think yeah something yeah, like that like the word they use it reminded me so much about like what one of my favorite aspects of star wars which is people who are not jedi who are like in tune with the force and i loved that and for some reason it just made me think about um taiko Waititi's star war that's going to happen eventually and i was like "Ooh, i can't wait till native people get their hands on this shit oh it's gonna get oh oh um and that just, just made me. me so excited yeah, like so. Uh, i feel crazy what is everyone's like experience with anime because like i said one episode of jojo's bizarre adventure i wanna like i i, I mean we we've been over the fact that Jess and Claudia are beyond knee deep in the world of anime to the point where we I believe banned discussion of Sailor Moon on this podcast for like a good three episodes but I wouldn't say that I'm like well versed in it I've seen a lot of it um but like it's not a thing I actively dedicate my time towards like as a genre uh, I just sort of am like, oh, this is an anime, wild. Uh, sometimes I've been forced to watch them. Like I've 
I am the living embodiment of that audio that's like, you made me watch all eight Harry Potter movies. You, you love Harry Potter. You've seen all eight of them. Like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is truly that for me. I have seen it. I never wanted to, but now it's here forever. I love animated anything. So I was very, ex- I was ready for this to be good. And then it was good. It's funny because Noah, we have almost the exact opposite interactions with anime in that I have not watched a lot. I've watched very little. I've seen maybe like a couple episodes of a show here and there, but I am deeply embroiled in the culture of it. And not to be like, oh yes, I love Japanese culture. Like not to be like appropriating um, because that's absolutely not what I mean. What I mean more is like the culture of animation and the culture of voiceover work because anime is a huge, um, you know, it's, it's a huge area of voiceover and of animation. And that's something I care a lot about. So I end up in this situation where I know a lot about anime and I know a lot about the different kinds of art styles and the different kinds of like, you know, like like VO work that goes into it, but I have not seen a whole lot. So that's kind of where I'm at. Me and Claudia are probably the two that are like deeply into anime. My my username everywhere is Kawaii Jessio. So I am an an anime fan. <laughs> before Star Wars, before I fell into the rabbit hole that is Star Wars at the end of last year, um, my whole life was anime. I- I'm always like, I look at somebody like Jess and I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not in, I- I'm not in d- as deep as that is. And then I'll be like, oh, well, I've watched this and I've watched this and what that, what there's this. And I'm like, okay, maybe I do know a little more than I give off. So I would say like, am I caught up on the latest and greatest? Am I watching My Hero Academia? Like, much like Ali, I'm just I'm in the culture of animation and have also been in the culture of anime. So I know what I'm talking about. Have I watched a lot of it? No. That's how I feel like with the High Republic now, where I'm like, have I watched it? No. But I do I know what you're talking about? Yes. Also, my first anime was Oh My Goddess. So that says a lot about me. Uh, I am a gay person. All right. So let's go through each one of the shorts and just. We're going to keep it uh, Star Wars-y because those of us who are into anime are going to uh, discuss that further. Uh, So we're going to go through each one. Uh, So let's begin, shall we, with the duel? I love starting off with a duel. (laughs) We, the duel of the gays, our theme. Oh, yes. It's so nice that they made a Star Wars short um, based on us. Yeah, I was already really excited for like the duel. I think it was like my most anticipated of the the shorts because like we were given advanced readers copies of the um the book Ronin by Emma Miko Candon. And so that's really exciting. We'll be doing an episode later this month about that. But yeah, what was everyone's thoughts about it? I it's bad to like try and place these in a top five because there aren't that many episodes, so that leaves a lot of them out, but like I did enjoy this one immensely. One of the biggest things that I liked about it was just like from an artistic perspective, it was really cool to look at, um, which I liked. That was, I mean, I could say that about pretty much any Visions episode, but like the way that the only real colors we got were in like laser flashes and lightsabers, which was an interesting choice that I genuinely was like, I can't take my eyes off the screen right now. Um, Speaking of lightsabers and lasers, I do feel I need to mention the lightsaber umbrella. I loved it. I think that Star Wars is better with wacky lightsabers and it was genuinely like such a fun reveal and everything that happened with it was such a, like a wonderful time. I feel like like this especially but like Visions on the whole really recaptured my like the whimsy of Star Wars and I feel like that's something it needs a lot more of. Um, also just like Lucy Liu. 
MILF, wow, um, really turned it out for this. Yeah, I was going to say, like, about the Windsor Star, like, when I try to describe Star Wars to people and they're like, oh, I don't like this, whatever. I'm like, the thing about Star Wars is that it's not about logic. It's not about plot, whatever. It's about vibes. And this, it's about just, is there, it does, is there science? No. Is, is there logic? Absolutely not. It's about fun and it's about vibes. And every single one of these shorts was like, we are simply going to have vibes. And you could tell, you could tell every single one of these people like really liked Star Wars because they got it. Because they were like, we're going to go on vibes only. And I was like, thank you, God, you understand. And what was really cool about this one, and maybe it's why they put it first, I'm not sure. Number one, the Hidden Fortress thing, but also like the combination of like the classic Star Wars, like sound engineering and all of the sounds that we know. Um, and also like this very rural vibe um and you know and your classic like the star wars like wipe across the street screen in between transitions and all that kind of stuff like it gave me like oh i'm watching a new hope like because in the beginning of a new hope it is slow as hell it is slow as hell we are watching droids just trundle along for a lot of time and i was like it, it gave me the same feeling whatever and i was like they understand they understand the vibes here i don't know how they did it but they got it like <laughs> i think the character design also really got me um because one thing I do love how his hair is just majestically flowing everywhere he goes. Um, I also liked the aliens that we saw, the non-human, sorry. Like we have like the Sullustin, there was a Tuscan um, and I was like screaming when I saw them. I did shout aloud when I saw the Tuscan, mostly because I'm a Tuscan stan. Um, I have some complicated relationship with that, that group of people. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm always going to say, you know what, actually, yeah. You were right. Good for you. Good for her. Um, and to see her, them immediately murdered in a passion did hurt me very badly. Uh, but yeah. yeah, that was, that was a cancelable offense. Lucy Lou, I'm sorry. I can no longer stand you. Mel, the influence that you've had on my brain though, because I literally saw the Tuscan and I was like, oh my God, Mel's going to love that there's a Tuscan here. Still, I thought the same thing. So I didn't me watch <laughs> didn't watch the duel first i watched um i think i watched tatooine rhapsody first so it was like the third or fourth one i watched and so i the entire time i'd been like okay tatooine rhapsody where's the tuscan show me the boy show me the boy and then finally i was like yeah as a homosexual i really appreciated uh lucy Liu's character having a multi-stage reveal uh of her outfit i thought that was very powerful of her it gave me like she would win drag race I just, she, I know she would. She would have bodied the Met Gala. To be a Sith is not to use the dark side. It's to have a dramatic costume. Because there were a lot of Sith just in general in all of these. Like every single one of these, I was like, they did give the gays everything they wanted. And they and they understood the assignment, which is that Star Wars is about being extra. Yeah, I, I like the duel. It was fun. It like, yeah, the, the pops of color with like just coming from the blasters and the lightsaber was just like, this is so epic. I love animation so much. And um, he's a little droid with a hat. I think about that droid so much. Droid with the whistling like, birds? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just like you and your little epic hat and your little whistling birds. You're so cool. It's like R2-D2 and Chopper were fused into one little guy. And then also, yeah, we love an epic girl boss, the, the Sith lady she has been in my thoughts since i first saw the trailer for visions and her with her little um 
lightsaber parasol that everyone was just like oh shit because that's such a cool attachment because it isn't her actual lightsaber she just attaches that like umbrella-y part to her lightsaber and so when it activates it shoots out and then spins around to make a shield but then it is aesthetic as fuck so yeah that is gay vibes of being extra and 10 out of 10 I did enjoy the duel and the Solastin tea keeper x ronin is my ship thank you for coming to my nice people are talking about her little umbrella thing but also the fact that he has a whole he has a like a like a a sheath for the sword it's just for a lightsaber like the lightsaber doesn't need to be extended all the time he just has the sheath just for the drama just for the aesthetic of it all Oh, I also wanted to bring up the Trandoshan. I think about that Trandoshan a lot. I think it's just because I like Trandoshan. <laughs> but I was just like, oh my god, Trandoshan, mercenary, bounty hunter, whatever the hell you are, you're so cool and epic, and I'm sorry that you just got killed by a girl boss, but also, you'll be in my thoughts. I am pressing F to pay respects to you. Let's move on to the next short. Uh, Tatooine Rhapsody, how did we... How did we feel? I need to say something about this episode because the only reason I have this much ability to think about it is because as I was watching it, I was struck with a, with a concept. Um, I would like to pitch that Tatooine Rhapsody is just uh, every character, like like basically after Din drops off Gogurt with Luke, he's like super depressed. And Fennec is like, wow, this guy is really fucking upset like all the time. So she invites all of his allies from the Mandalorian over to play a tabletop D&D game. And they're making all their characters and she gets to Boba and he's like, this is my character. Uh, and he is a Mandalorian and he's a bounty hunter and he wears green armor and his name is Boba with two A's. And she's like, you just made yourself. And he's like, no, I didn't. His name is spelled differently. See, and, then I would- he, and then he was like, they were like, okay, let's all play as a party. And he's like, I want to be a bounty hunter who hunts them. And they're like, Boba, we can't split the party like that. And he's like, well, I want to. And she's like, I, I live I live here. You're, no, I don't literally. pay rent, so okay. That's, no, because in my entire thing, I was like, this is just Boba like cosplaying as himself when he worked for Jabba. Like, that's like, that's why it's so fucking weird. <laughs> like, that's what it was. I'm like, mm, okay, so they're all playing a D&D campaign. And he's like, I want to be a bounty hunter who works for Jabba. And Fennec's like, that's your old job. And he's like, yes. Yes, it is. This kid did, instead of being coming Kanan, he did Camp Rock. And like, <laughs> <laughs> the combination of that and also a hut who's also just like, this isn't me. Um, I, I believe, comes <laughs> no. I do believe that gentleman was also voiced by Mark Thompson. Oh, no, yeah. The, was. It was, no. So the guy with the three heads was Mark Thompson, and the, oh. and the main character was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, oh, and the, the hunt is Bobby Moynihan. Um, so I love that 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 there are two characters like who are like their quote unquote canon voices are Mark Thompson, and it is Lan and Marcion Rowe. I just want to say about tattooing Rhapsody is that I did like want to like. <laughs> as we keep saying lately shit and fart because of <laughs> our our man tem actually voicing boba in that like not that i don't um love d bradley baker as the clones and not that i didn't love um daniel logan who was young boba fett voicing young boba fett in the clone wars hearing tomorrow 
Morrison actually voicing Boba Fett when he is playing Boba Fett canonically now did make me like um absolutely lose my mind and I was trying not to scream at like past midnight because everyone's like sleeping but I was like kind of like whisper screaming I <laughs> felt also insane over the fact that it's just like okay so the this whole story is this like this little Jedi Padawan after Order 66, I'm assuming, got fucked up and then he met this like rebellious hut that's just like, hey, you want to join my rock band? And they're like, yeah, okay. And then, <laughs> so that's fun. And the fact that Jabba was like, yeah, okay, before I kill you, you can play one last song with your band. <laughs> the Disney Channel original movie of it all. Like it was really... <laughs> It really, and then with the power of song and friendship, they were able to convince them like, hey, actually, you know what? You can live. We'll let you be with your friends and let you be in your little band, your gay little band. The idea that you're on death row and your executioner is like, hey, your college band is here to play you a song before you're publicly executed does make me feel insane. I will say, my only disappointment with this episode is that I misinterpreted the description and I did think that I was going to get Tem performing in a rock opera, which oh, would have been fantastic. I also will say I do like Jabba. You know, he's done being a crime boss. He's entering his toxic uh, ba- exploitative band manager era. Simon Cowell? This is Jabba entering his big time rush era. Yes, this that's exactly that no, because I was literally just era? about to say that he's Gustavo, but I was like, that's a little too niche, so I didn't say it. Oh um, my god. I do love that. Um, something that I really liked about this short is because it is the second one I watched. Um, I really was like with the duel, I kept being like, where does this fit in into canon? And I kept having to remind myself it's not. With this one while I was watching it, I had a moment where I was like, oh, I don't need to rationalize where this is in canon. Like clearly it's vaguely post order 66 whatever and that really helped they put this second because as I was watching the other ones I was like oh it doesn't matter because I think a lot of people have been having trouble with like you know it's hard to integrate it with canon and because it's not canon not that they're saying it's bad but because it's not canon it's kind of hard to conceptualize where it is story-wise um which I totally get and I was really concerned I was going to have that problem but I think this one really did help me be like okay I'm not going to have an issue with this. I thought it was really cool how there's some shorts where you're like, hmm, I don't know where this sits. And then there's some shorts where you're like, oh, I absolutely know where this sits. And again, that was a very clear marker of that the people making them really get Star Wars because some of them were like, okay, I got this idea. It doesn't have to be in a specific area, whatever. Um, but it's going to be Star Wars because it has blah, blah, blah in it. And then some other creators, when they looked at this, went, I like this era and this concept for a character that would fit in this part of, of, of the Star Wars canon. So I'm going to do this and both work. So that, that to me is very cool. Yeah, I agree. I think th- I saw this really interesting interpretation of like visions, visions. There can, can be a reading of visions where it's like, these are stories that are told within the Star Wars universe. And it's like, who is to say? You know, I love the idea of <laughs> I love the idea of Fennec being like, so I heard one time like you like did something with like a band and he's like yes, the Max Rebo band. Next question. 
Wait, you know how Ezra like has all these posters and stuff in his room? And if you zoom in on one of them, like one of them looks like the Star Wars poster, whatever. What if we considered it Star Wars Visions is anime within Star Wars? So um, all I'm saying is Ezra Bridger, canonical anime fan. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Let's canonize anime in Star Wars. Jess and I were talking about this earlier that we're going to be problems when the Book of Boba Fett comes out. <laughs> mean same but for a different reason <laughs> this is my joker fennec and boba like mel's going crazy over fennec and then no one and i are going crazy over boba do we want to discuss the twins hello studio trigger <laughs> okay as the resident trigger stan i have to talk about this and the fact that the twins was my favorite because yeah as someone who's a big fan of, of trigger's work specifically i I love Little Witch Academia. Uh, I love, uh, fuck. <laughs> I love um, BNA, which is Brand New Animal. Look up those animes, they're fun. Uh, and this just felt so over the top and extra <laughs> and anime as fuck, like old anime being extra as fuck, <laughs> where I was just like, I enjoy this so much. And I did like the, the designs of the characters the twins does have like inspiration from Luke and Leia. They said that in their little um, visions panel back in July, and I I think that's fun. You can you can definitely see it with the little Twinkie anime boy. And the fact that at the end of the the episode, he's I'm pretty sure on Tatooine looking out at the twin sun. So just like fucking, <laughs> this is just Luke. This is if Luke and Leia had both. Um, stayed with fucking Anakin's Darth Vader ass and been in the Empire. Those are the vibes. There are fucking weird attached double Star Destroyer Venator ships haunt me too because I'm just like, what is going on here? How does that fucking work? They do call those ships like Gemini class ships and I was like, what the fuck? Bestie? Hmm. Okay, anyways. I do like that this canonizes astrology in Star Wars. Well, Visions isn't canon, well, like so never chimera. mind. But the chimera is like that as well. Like the chimera is, is yeah. There's so many thing. things uh, to be when you were saying like, oh, is it like if Luke and Leia, like you know, it were an alternate? I'm positing that it's um, Palpatine through all of his all of his experimentation, as we are going to get with uh, you know the Ray Palpatine, he sorted the Grogu, all that shit. Um, he actually tried to create Luke and Leia again on purpose. Um, he oh actually, no, I hate that. Yeah, um, I think that's what they, that's oh, what they Kari are. I'm so sorry. Kari is Luke <laughs> with two U's. No, no. The fact that he has two R's in his name. No. Not to be the fucking worst, but I, I don't know. When I was seeing the trailers, I was like, this is going to be the one. And it was, it was just underwhelming for me. Um, look, thinking about it the way that Jess talked about it is like a very anime episode of an, of an anime did like elevate its status in my brain because I was like, there's a reason it's over the top, crazy and weird. I'm like, I appreciate over the top, crazy and weird. The thing I will say that I found the funniest, like of the whole episode was that they were like, we have a kyber crystal and that is actually a battery. And I found that very funny as a concept. I'm like, y'all, you have these just lying around. You're Sith. I will say the coolest ep- part of this episode for me is when, what's the little blonde boy's name? Kare. 
he when he like stops the um the stun blasts and then throws the troopers into the wall i rewound that like three times i was like that's so nice to look at in such a cool moment and i did i did enjoy it i i also wanted to bring up lightsabers again uh, their their gay little lightsaber as in it literally was like a pastel rainbow like light coming out of the lightsaber so I was just like oh my god thank you Trigger for giving us the gay little lightsaber with our gay little twink boy I'm so sorry Trigger. I also like when Star Wars forgets that it's in space and they're like yeah are they in space yeah fuck it I don't care and this one it was like those episodes of the Clone Wars where they're like outside and they kind of don't care but in this one they were just like fuck it the whole thing's gonna happen outside you're just gonna have to deal with it there's sound in space Space, they're breathing out there just vibe and I was like you know what you've hit the you've hit the you've hit the gas pedal on the vibe shout out to her uh, general grievous moment when she just I got extra arms for no reason love that them just being like evil Luke and Leia except not Kari Kari realizes just like wait no I don't want to be evil and I have to save my sister but um they did have fucking evil <laughs> C-3PO and R2-D2 with them so his name was literally our duo shout out to the afro comics which also has evil c-3po <laughs> i don't know if we we got information if they are identical twins but that does mean that one of those bitches is transgender and i love that are we ready to move into the village bride the person from the village bride i believe their name is f um the jedi i am a sucker for a yellow lightsaber um I think one of, like, I remember when Ray turned on her yellow lightsaber in Rise of Skywalker, I was so thrilled. This very much had a similar vibe to that. And I, like, I think something really nice is that it kind of left what happened to her kind of vague. So you get the emotion and you understand how significant that was to her without having to see the entire backstory which I really liked I think it's really hard to make you actually feel that like trauma and feel how like healing that is without knowing what happened but it felt very cathartic and I really liked her vibe I really enjoyed this short I'm like I'm obsessed with her um Hey, F, if you're free, please call me. I I mean, I was looking forward to this episode because just seeing her character design in the trailers, I was like, this is a moment. And I was not disappointed. I love every aspect of this episode. I rewatched it several times. I think uh, on her lightsaber, like that design, I fucking loved. The way it like, like quietly opened up and was a fucking like actual sword. Like I just- I was just gonna say- <laughs> We're so good. Um, also her, her gay little shoes that like unhooked so she could do the like anime speed forward. Those were powerful. The other thing that I liked about this episode was like thematically, it was really interesting. I was like, I want to see more of this planet. Um, also the score. Can we talk about the score specifically? Like when she's making her confrontation of the separatist uh, droid person? Like I was like, bestie, who like, this is amazing. Um, it. I hate to say it had Ghibli vibes because I feel like saying that about any anime is just disingenuous, but like it was very pretty and naturey and the food looked nice. And I, I enjoyed this and I have watched it multiple times and I will watch it multiple times more. The lightsaber thing, like we've had cool lightsabers in all of them, but this one coming out and looking like an actual sword, I was like, I, I love it here. I, I love it here. But, um, when you said you rewatched it a bunch of times because you just liked the story and you wanted to see more, the what I liked about a lot of these in general was like number one, I would watch a whole series about almost any single one of these, but this one 
uh, Lapinocho and a couple other ones, um, they definitely felt like, oh, there were either one-off or arcs of the Clone Wars or Rebels that were just like this. Like if this was part of a larger animated series, like our main characters might visit this place and meet these characters and it felt exactly the same. And this is why I'm always like storytelling, it's all the same. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, it really it really did feel like, oh, this is a Clone Wars arc where they came here and they learned what the Separatists did to them. Or this is a Rebels arc where they came here and you know the Empire isn't here, but they learned what the Separatists did to them. Like it was, it was very much in that vibe um and like i know things are oh is it canon is it not canon i was like this felt completely like it fits or whatever like this felt like another and also i know that a lot of people who worked on clone wars and also rebels like they love anime they're inspired by it they're whatever and and also with these the opposite as well um so it's very much like i could have been watching an episode of the clone wars and it was very cool to me the music in this one and the music in i believe the ninth jedi the music in both of these i was like it was a really cool mix of like i i feels very star wars to me but it also feels very much like i i am watching a very specific ghibli movie it did make me feel emotional uh, there's something about this like the the later episodes in like visions like the the first ones were like the first couple made me be like oh yeah I'm hyped and then like a couple of the the later ones that this one included made me be like damn this this serious this is serious vibes now yeah the scenery in this and the music everything was like so pretty and just yeah the character design for specifically F uh so sorry your name is F but uh, usually a lot of the characters that I'm drawn to happen to be men and is it because I have like gendered dysphoria and like I'm still trying to figure out gender things and maybe you might want to trans my gender who knows but with with f i was just like damn maybe i don't want to maybe i am just cool being in limbo because i do want to steal her gender <laughs> the bride too i'm forgetting her name she was also very pretty oh my god and i really enjoyed that the fact that i wasn't expecting any of them to bring up like the separatists or anything like i don't know why the separatists are not like one of the first things that comes to mind when i think of star wars even when i do think of the clone wars stuff i don't think about the separatists so the fact that they actually were just like oh yeah here's our planet that got fucked over by the separatists i'm just like oh damn fuck and, and the fact that we did actually get to see the little droids and they were like roger roger I was like, yes, thank you. I missed them. The Ninth Jedi, um, this is another one where they were like, you can really tell what era it was. And I was like, cool. I was like, maybe this is some old Republic era. Who knows? I don't know much about that. Um, I don't but, think it matters um, what era it's in because it's not It's not any era. Like, it's just, it's yeah. just like, it's like a story that took Star Wars concepts and was like, here, because I was saying, I was thinking earlier, like I said, like, I was spending a lot of time trying to be like, when does this fall? And I was watching specifically the ninth Jedi and it's like, okay, well in this, the Jedi order has fallen and they're trying to rebuild it. It could have been five years ago. It could have been 10 years ago, could have been 20 years ago. It doesn't really matter. And I kind of enjoyed disengaging my brain because I'm someone who's very yeah. obsessed with being like, where does this fall in canon? How old is this character? What's it? So it was surprisingly nice to just be like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just, it's just Star Wars. <laughs> that was my experience actually watching uh, all these episodes, but specifically starting with the duel. 
I was like, I feel like we are using the word Sith sort of in name only. And I kind of like that. Like it came with none of the bag. Like the ninth Jedi, the thing I noticed, like seemingly most of the main characters are just force sensitive. We we don't talk about if they are, they're not. Like her dad just like, yep, you have a lightsaber, have the best time. We see him sort of use the force. Um, and it was just kind of nice to be able to be like, yeah. I'm, I don't um, need to think horribly hard about any of this. Like the thing about visual media that I love, I don't have time to think about. I just watch the things move on the screen and I'm like, that was cool. The thing that I liked most about this, just cause I love lightsabers was the sheer number of cool, interesting lightsabers to look at. I like that he had a whole little bag of them. And I liked that he was like, here, take this sack of lightsabers and go. And she was like, gotcha, see you later, dad. She spent the episode being like, damn, I hate this like slightly clear lightsaber. And I was like, bestie, your lightsaber color is kind of fucking iconic. Like you have a forest green lightsaber. Sign me the fuck up for that. I want one of those. I was looking at that and me and my friends were just like, does she have the dark saber? Lightsaber mood ring again, where just like depending on who is using it, like the kyber crystal color will like change. And also the fact that her dad was making these lightsabers, like he's like some kind of blacksmith because he was like t- going ting, ting, and like hitting the lightsaber, like pulling it out of the fucking fire. Like I am forging this. The fact that the very end you see their little temple rock thing that they're floating on was also shaped like a lightsaber when the light like beams out of it. It's just like this is so freaking fun and cool. Um, thing I disliked. Why the fuck was that boy's name Ethan? You couldn't think of a better name. <laughs> I'm so sorry e- to the Ethan, people. Ethan, Dan. But they're just like Luke and Ben. Like in Star Wars, yeah. there's just some names that are just some guy. Like I, I don't know. I think I think guy. Luke and Ben are still at least a little bit more not complex, but just like the vibery. Ben is funny to me. But like imagine you go to meet like a, a warlord and they're like, he controls the whole system. And you're like, oh my God, what's his name? And they're like, this is Dan. Darth Sidious's first name is Phil. Like that's the kind of energy that I get from those. Yeah, I just I just like how they were like, oh, we get to do a Star War. You know what we love? Lightsabers. Are we ready to move on to T.O.B. one? I did see that and was like, dang, I love Astro Boy because he is quite literally Astro Boy um, made by a special guy. Um, I did love this cool armless Jedi. He was very powerful. Um, it was almost like if Astro Boy and Wally and Star Wars had a baby. And I really respect that. I like it. I thought TOB1 was very cute. And when he was like Toby, I was like, oh my gosh, he has a name. I liked the the cool Jaro Tapal looking lightsaber. I thought it was very funny that he's been like on this planet hidden. And then his little, the, the I do not remember the professor's name or doctor's name, but he was on this planet hidden. And then his little robot son goes and messes with his, with his um, starship. And then he's like, well, I will be assassinated now. To be fair, isn't that what kind of happens to Obi-Wan? <laughs> like, <laughs> like Luke like messes with one thing. Then he's like, guess I'll die. Like it's a good day. Like that's what happens in a new home. <laughs> Toby, I wasn't actually expecting 
I like did not care about Toby when I first like found out about visions and saw like the panel and they showed like oh these are gonna be all the little vision shorts and I was just like it's cute but I don't really I don't think I'll, I'll care about it but Toby actually did make me cry because I wasn't expecting it to like turn sad I was like this is a little robo boy this is a little astro boy robot hanging out with his um, armless Jedi dad. That's cool. And I guess they're being Wally because they're trying to bring life and plants back to this fucking desert wasteland of a planet. And then the fact that the kyber crystal was in him all along was just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry. And when it's like, the professor is just like, stay here. And they like put him behind all the rocks to like keep him safe. I was just like, Ah! I also was not expecting to see an Inquisitor in any of these two. So the fact that an Inquisitor showed up and Toby and the Inquisitor fought and Toby killed the Inquisitor at the end is really funny. Quizzy v. Toby was pretty pretty epic. I, I was not expecting it at all. Um, and yeah, I completely agree. This was probably the, the short that I was the least excited for, but I did cry, I, I think, the second hardest to this one because I was just like, damn... That shit hurted. And then also, like, in specific, that scene where the, the 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 Jedi dad puts him away. I was like, oh, sick Rogue One. <laughs> Reference. <laughs> and it hurt me. This one hurt me, uh, first of all, because uh, my dog that died this year's name was Toby. So I was, already in a, I was already a mess. If people know me, my favorite droid and one of my favorite Star Wars characters is L3. I could talk about droid sentience all the time. So the idea of a Force-sensitive droid, um, it made me feel... I was like, finally, some good fucking food. It's good soup. Like, also, when, like, he goes into the little world between worlds to talk to him, whatever, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I can't. It was, it was, it was Wally. It was Pinocchio. It was, it was so good. And then it was like, I also love, because I'm reading a lot of the comics and stuff right now, kind of this acknowledgement of that. And this was in a couple of other ones, too. I feel like um, the elders like this as well. Um that there are Jedi who like they had different jobs and different tasks. Like this was a Jedi who was a scientist. Like he was, you know, some sort of survey core. Like he, like he, he was a scientist. He did terraforming and that kind of thing. Um, like there are people who did other things that weren't necessarily knights, and that was clearly what he probably was. Um, and I just I love that. I love that idea that like you know that's what he was the whole time, and then he was like, yeah, that's what I'm gonna keep doing when I go into hiding. Um, kind of like a Jocasta knew what she was planning on doing before she got. When he said that, because that's what Jedi do, I was like, wow, Toby, you would have been great in the High Republic. Anyways, are we ready to get down to the next short? Let's enter our elder er our elderly era. <laughs> time to go to the nursing home, which is that little planet. The trigger, the other trigger anime. I although I don't actually have as many thoughts on the elder, because I do commend Trigger on making two completely different vibes. I was just like, wow, one of them felt like extremely like what I think of when I think of Trigger and the other one, if you didn't tell me it was Trigger, I wouldn't have guessed, but it was still good. The animation was good. The characters looked cool. Although the elder did scare the fuck out of me. I was just like, why the fuck do you look like that, my guy? <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I said earlier, Dan and his master did give me like Bell Loden vibes and I wanted to cry. Uh, but other than that, those are my thoughts. 
I this episode didn't rank like super high for me. I liked the way that everything looked, like the art style was very pretty, but the pacing just really wasn't for me. I will say this though, these were two of the characters that I genuinely was like, I wish I was able to spend more time with them because like, I feel like all the groundwork for a really interesting Padawan master relationship was there. We just didn't have enough time to like actively explore it. Uh, I will also say, I loved how this pitched itself as like a suspense horror movie for the first like two thirds of its runtime. That was really nice. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the elder. I think he would have been a fun guy to hang out with, uh, to chat with, to like ask fun questions. But I specifically liked um, the way that they had Force Lightning look in this episode, just as like an artistic standpoint, was really cool and very pretty. Uh, I also thought Dan fucking died for a second. I was same, like, same, damn. Same. I was like, damn, David Harbour, you just lost your Padawan. Um, if you need Jordan someone else Fisher. to spend time with, I have time. Uh- <laughs> um, I do like when when uh, Daniel did seem as though he was passing away. He was like, Dan. <laughs> like, just, every just, time he's like, Dan. <laughs> I do love the 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 dramatics of Dan just being like, you kind of hurted me. I'm going to lay down now. Uh, Dad, can you come pick me up? This scary man is speaking, which that's what I really wanted to talk about in about the Elder, because I really liked this one. Um, and I think, once again, there is something that is very, like, I don't know, that, that like, I wanted more of that Padawan and Master relationship. Um, but as a child, I had a very big fear um, of of a gentleman who looked very much so like the elder. So I feel like if I had been six years old and watching this, I would have had nightmares about that gentleman uh, because he's just so little freaky guy with his little scary swords. And that's hateful. I would like to just highlight <laughs> that Mel described the elder as that gentleman. <laughs> that I don't know why that's um, killing me, but it really is. I think what's really nice about the elder is I think not the elder the gentleman um the elder the short is that it did just kind of put us in like in the middle of the story and you can that's what I really commend I think a lot of these shorts for is a lot of them you do kind of feel like you're just in the middle of the story and I didn't feel like I needed to know more like I feel like subtly everything I needed to know about these guys got across and I was like all right I know where I'm at this is master padawan relationship padawan's excited to do things master's like hmm be cautious but I've also done a lot of things and like when Dan got when Dan got herded and and um Tajin who is his master was like Dan I actually did get like really emotional I got like really upset um the other thing I did want to talk about with this is how cool it looked when Tajin drew his lightsaber to fight the elder the titular elder um and the rain was, you know, beating off of it and there was smoke coming up. That was so gorgeous. I am obsessed with that shot. Steam, not smoke. Yes, correct. <laughs> I wanted to say, um, I mean, obviously in the first one, the duel, um, it's completely in like black and white and then they have the color. But I feel like in almost every single one of these and this one, it was very marked that you saw the change, especially when they went into a lightsaber duel, um, it would go into grayscale. Uh, so you could see the you could see the the lightsabers especially and 
they're all from they're all from different or most of these you know they're all from different studios and they're all have different concepts and different visual whatever but they a lot of them did that and I was like I just I love how everybody was like lightsabers you know it'll make them look cooler and I was like I'm glad we're all on board with this uh and this one did it it looked especially cool because that rain part I think Dan would like um thrive in the high republic he'd become besties with the others a lot of these characters, I feel like, belong in the higher public era. I'm not going to lie. That's my hot take about Visions. Anyways, moving on, loves. Let's, co- let's talk about that bunny girl. Okay, I wanted to talk about the bunny girl because if anyone follows my TikTok, they did see before I posted a TikTok uh, before Visions came out, like, several weeks ago, where I was just, like, using the Epcot ball audio or just, like, oh, who's your... Like, you know, favorite person from school or whatever, and just like Epcot ball. <laughs> and it was about um flop because it was just like, I've been thinking about this bunny girl. If you ever saw tweets from our our Twitter too, that was about the bunny girl. That was me. Um, <laughs> but I kind of was like a little let down. Not that I didn't like Lop and Ocho, but I, I don't know. It wasn't like my favorite out of all the vision stuff. Again, I, I really liked all of them, but uh <laughs> I think I just got really like pissed off at like Ocho because <laughs> I was like, no, don't fall into the, to the alt right track, Ocho. What are you doing? And the Not fact that Ocho <laughs> listening to Ben Shapiro. No! <laughs> Not classically <laughs> Abby <laughs> Ocho. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no ocho is girl defined oh my god the <gasps> idea of the idea of ocho going on youtube and being like if the dress doesn't cover up you can always put a cami underneath or if it's a long skirt you can wear jeans underneath. or you can put a cape on top of it and cut your hair off and give it to your sister to give to your dad and then kill him <laughs> in a passion i did want to say that's I- girl defined <laughs> she didn't kill him she just blinded him like- oh <gasps> <Mom>. <laughs> yeah! the way that you just like you're like like you sensed him in the force same yes same um i did want to say though i did um when that gentleman showed up to be like hey ocha do you want to come hang out with me and i was like ew (laughs) he was so ugly he looked like if krennic got put through a shredder literally my and, like, first thought when i saw him i was like girl. oh my god so krennic has just been watching fucking youtube videos all day jeffrey star he worked for the worked for the empire jeffrey star stan or jeffrey just, star isb agent the whole thing with like this this specific short was like the the found family of like them adopting lop and uh, that sucks that like her little bunny people were being enslaved like the wookies I was just like, this sucks. And, um, but fucking Ocho at the end being like, you're not even part of our family. So like, shut up, Lop. And I was just like, I felt violent. I was just like, I will personally kick your ass myself, Ocho. <laughs> but I did like the scenery at the end of them fighting and the cherry blossom tree in the background was really pretty. And yeah. I would say aesthetic wise, this is maybe one of my favorite shorts. I think the animation was really cool. Um, and I think the colors were nice. And that fight scene between Lop and Ocho was so good. Again, like, I feel like it's another situation of, like, I have all the context I need. And even though we've been with these characters for such a short time, when um, the father was talking to Lop and being like, just because you're not bound by blood does not mean that you are not bound to our family and that you are not my daughter. Like, 
we've been with them for like five minutes and I'm like this is so good I'm about to cry and I'm not like yeah. a crier but like dang that was so epic I I really loved this one I think it was just it had something special about it it was like just campy enough mixed with just enough emotion this one had my favorite line in it which that line that you just said but then the one where Lop says uh where she says inherit like what it, she says inheritance is is about like family not about blood or something like that I, I now I have to look back and what the actual line is she says it when she's fighting with Ocho or whatever and it felt really just like a bitch slap in the face to all the people who make Star Wars about bloodlines because Star Wars is so much about either found family or actual adopted family and like they said it straight to the camera whatever and I was like shout out to all the all the Ray Skywalker deniers um Lop said I'm coming for your neck truly the only weakness for me in this one was that I felt like this this world that it built um and these characters were would be better suited for a longer format than for a short there were some of these that really worked in a short format although I'd love to see more this one was like there is so much here um and to only have it in such a short amount of time almost feels like it like like it doesn't fit the format um which is a good thing because you've you've created such such full such full characters um but it definitely made me feel like oh I could have a whole season with these characters uh or something like that you know I feel like that kind of confrontation would really would really hurt like a real bitch uh <laughs> after watching them grow up together or watching her slow turn. Um, shout out to Resistance. Um, I just was on Chaco's podcast talking about Resistance and talking about Tam Rivora, who does have this whole um, arc with the First Order and all this kind of stuff. And it very much did remind me of Ocho. And I was feeling many emotions. Also, shout out to Ocho. Just like, did she what? She like bite her finger and then use it as like eyeliner. I was like, yeah, that's like gatekeep like, oh girl God. boss. I was like, uh, it's I it's icon behavior. Um, it is icon behavior, and I do love it. Um, and I do love how she immediately got a new outfit and new like fighting sticks. I was like, she's not a Sith; she's just some ISB agent, but she is she is serving. I I would agree with Ollie in that aesthetically, this episode was really really pretty, like to look at. Um. I'm not much of a person for rushed stories. And unfortunately they just didn't, like you could tell from the minute that they began when they had that like long intro narration that they really wanted to like set up a much larger world than they had time for, which is okay. It's a short, it happens. Um, but personally I was like, I'm getting fucking whiplash. Like we just met these characters. Now they're a family. Now they're not like, I will say this, um, Lop's relationship to the father I was like, oh, I'm emotional. Lop's relationship to Ocho, I was like, kick her ass. I don't give a shit. Like, let, like they need to fight. Just because, you know, you only have so much time. Like, like Lop and, and the dad talking, I was like, oh my God, wow, this is really, po like, uh, I was going to say potent, that's the wrong word for it. But I was like, wow, this is really poignant. And then Lop with Ocho, I was like, no one fucking cares about you, you emo girl. You cut your hair, it happens. Get a split dye. Okay, Corella, pop off. Like, it just, it didn't do that much for me. Um, I will say the one thing I noticed in this episode is like a minute detail is um, it seemed like this, like the insignia of the empire of like being a part of it was eyeliner. 
And I really appreciated that. Like, like Gay Krennic, sorry, Krennic, they're the same, uh, had eyeliner on that matched his like green little ear tips. And then um, she's like, well, I'm joining the empire. I gotta have eyeliner on. I was like, okay, sure. I did hate the fucking fact that like, Ocho is the one that wanted to adopt Lop in the beginning. She was just like, yeah, dad, let's take her in. And then <laughs> as adults, and then her siding with the fucking empire, she's just like, you're not part of our family. Just like, you're the one who wanted to adopt her. Also, the This fucking- is like a kid taking in a, a pet rabbit and being like, I don't want this pet rabbit anymore. <laughs> I just, it gave me such fucking whiplash too because they open the episode and you're like, okay, this is the Empire. They're here on this planet. And then there's essentially a random girl. Like, imagine you're wandering the street and some lady is like, I want you. Like, that just struck me as really fucking weird. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know how else to put it. It just like, I get it. It's supposed to be cute and all, but I was like, this random rich lady just adopted essentially a slave off the street for funsies. Ugh, not cute. Yeah, I think it, I think there was some kind of uh, commentary on like not I don't want to be like like neoliberalism, but like this idea of like the the performance of of like oh we're, we'll we'll take care of you and then like until you are the heir to the family's like legacy, you know. I think I would say um, I do agree there is definitely like some weird bits in the beginning of like how they came to get her but I do I think that that's kind of the central thesis of the short is like the and the dad I think acknowledges it if we gotten a little more from them we would have probably seen them building that relationship and them you know integrating her to the family but not entirely and maybe we could have gotten a bit more dialogue from that and we would have seen Ocho finally be like yeah, no, no, you're my sister, I guess, like, as they gotten older, because we don't really know how much, I think they did say how much time passed, it was, like, 10 years, I think, it was seven, yeah, seven seven years, years. okay, so, yeah, so, they said seven years had passed, so, clearly, they're, I guess, older teenagers or adults at this point, but it it really would have been kind of nice to see how that relationship progressed, but I do think, like, the idea of it, like, it's weird, but then bloodlines don't matter, and your blood like it's about found family and not necessarily blood family so I think that was kind of the central part but it there is definitely a bit more commentary there that I think probably was intended but could have gotten flushed out a little bit more had they had more time this was also another one where they were like um what is it like for people who interact with the force who are not force sensitive um, that they were like, yeah, this was passed down in our family and like how the Jedi interact culturally. Um, but I, there were, I feel like there were a lot of different commentaries. There was that one, but then there was also the like environmentalism one. Uh, love that. That's another reason why I was like, please, God, I wish this had been longer because I really think they could, they were trying to expand, expand on some of these, some of those commentaries. So, so Akakiri. So here's the thing. Um, narratively did not did not love uh visually I actually loved like the style of this one uh the character design was like okay but like the actual visual um art style they chose to use for like backgrounds and movements I actually really really enjoyed um that said the narrative had some moments in it yeah I was gonna say I thought that it was a really interesting story up until a point 
um because I really did I liked the character design I loved the acting and it was Henry Golding I believe who I adore and his acting his performance was really good and yeah I thought like the character design was really interesting until we met the villain and I think that this is something that we would be remiss not to talk about um and perhaps I am not the best person to talk about it in the grander scale of anime in general animation um but we do have to mention that the main antagonist in Akakiri is a very muscular black woman who is evil and huge and that falls into so many stereotypes about black women and it was not good when I first saw her I was like okay surely this is not as bad as it is and as I continued to watch and then it ended I was like oh that was really not good also um I do believe I might be mistaken but she's real she was related to one of the members of the royal family like she was a sister of somebody Uh, the brother of the she her brother was the king so yeah um, um so contrasting the big muscly black woman as the aggressor and the oppressor to the petite white woman who is here to save the kingdom was also not great oh I was like man I'm so excited oh no (laughs) I was deeply I was deeply into like the like I don't know I I love a good like Jedi struggling with his relationship to the force and like his his uh attachments kind of being challenged um but yeah the second where I was like we, we saw the the woman I was like hmm there were so many choices that you could have made, but this was the one you went with. With Akakiri, I I know if I remember right from the Visions panel again, they did say it drew like inspiration from like Revenzo the Sith with like Anakin and Padme's like whole relationship. But yeah, when I saw the antagonists at the end, it was just like, oof, I I was rooting for you guys. But again, it like this is like a problem with like more than just like this like several like animes have like done this in the past too i think it's just kind of japan not to not to call out japan but but they a, a lot of asian cultures honestly do have that like problem of like also viewing like being paler as better and like you know the superior thing and just kind of like internalized racism I guess it's just icky and and not no good it's also it also is especially bad considering uh I did have a oh no moment um during um the elder when I thought they killed Dan I was like oh no shit no um just because number one anime has an anti-blackness problem and Star Wars has an anti-blackness problem and you're going to combine them. And, and I was like, come on guys, you could just not do that. Um, but Dan was okay. Thank God. Um, but then they did this and I was like, God, mother. So yeah, I think it compounds it for me that it was like, Oh, both these things have this problem and you chose to not fix it. Um, so it, it was, and it was really hard because Revenge of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars movie. And they, when they did the, the parallels, whatever, I was like, wow, I love this. Oh, shit. Uh, not great. I did like that part where he was like, oh, what if it, Padme actually lives, but then has to watch him go off and be a Sith or whatever. 
Um, you know, I thought that was neat. I thought that was cool, but then it was kind of like, ah, it was ruined for me by that point. So, yeah. And I, 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 before we like kind of close out this conversation, I did want to kind of like touch back on that, like Star Wars. And I think, I think just media in general, but I, I, because Star Wars is the media I've been consuming for the past year, pretty regularly, there is something about that franchise and torturing young black boys for no goddamn reason. Um, that, hurts and is like maybe we could just like have let let dan and bell zenifar have one good goddamn day please and thank you uh anyways oh and of course also finn the icon the the blueprint the um, way i was thinking of bell zenifar when you were like yeah it unnecessarily tortures black characters and i was yeah. like hmm. belvin yeah, my beloved and i think the other thing too that we do get a lot um in star wars is they put their characters of color and specifically their black characters in situations where you might not necessarily be meant to like quote unquote like them like we see that a lot with Mace Windu where it's like I I am obviously in the mind that Mace Windu is almost always justified with basically everything he did um because I am a Mace Windu stan however there are a lot of situations where you can tell like in the Clone Wars when he calls Ahsoka citizen I personally don't think that it was like him saying that is not a necessarily bad thing but it was framed in a way where you're supposed to see like oh look at how they're sliding ahsoka so it's not like mace windu really did anything wrong but the way it's framed makes the viewer not like him and i think star wars constantly has that problem so even their protagonist and like main character black characters are still have like this like you're not supposed to love love them and i think that it almost becomes some sort of like self-fulfilling prophecy of like oh why don't people like our black characters it's like well because you write them like that um I think it's nice to see in a lot of more modern stuff especially like in the higher public we don't see that quite as much but this I think is a perfect example and I do wonder how much of it is because of the culture that surrounds like people of color in anime and like specifically like um like black people in anime and darker skinned people in anime like with this woman she fit into so many like evil stereotypes but also like like black women stereotypes and she was like oh well she's like a different kind she's not like oh this angry black woman but she was and it was like oh well look she's she's in control of her emotions and she's a sith and it's like well that does not make it better like that is still bad <laughs> yeah, yeah it I was mean, just you, deeply I mean, troubling you could have you could have made her the villain you could have made her a sith and just not fallen into like their specific visual tropes. I mean, uh, and so that's why, you know, in the duel, we see that like, she's like, they don't have to be likable. Like, you know, a character from any marginalized group, they don't have to be likable. They don't have to be, uh, they don't have to be the, they don't have to be the good guy. They don't have to be whatever, but there are certain things that because of, we do live in a society read a certain way. So that's why, you know, when I looked at the, duel and it was like oh the, the villain is a black woman cool um but they didn't fall into this it was like great but then they did it with this and i was like ah shit never mm. both mel and i spent this week making videos about fetishization in star wars and the ways that non-white people uh particularly in art we were talking about pacific islanders but like in general non-white people are portrayed in star wars and so i know it can seem um especially if you're a hashtag white person like myself, it can honestly, like there are ways that it feels like, oh, aren't you nitpicking a little bit? Aren't you reaching? And it's like, no, actually um, this isn't a reach. These are really old tropes. They're, they're And they're ingrained in most media to the point where you have to be told how to notice them 
in order to see them. But like, and there's this argument that always comes up of like, well, isn't bad representation better than no representation? I don't think so. No, it's not. Um, like, it, and I guess the thing that makes me the most mad um, is that Black people in Star Wars, particularly like at best, they are shelved and do not get uh, good character development. And at worst, they are villainized to the point where they're just caricatures. And it is, um, this is not one of, I would say the most like egregious cases of that happening in Star Wars. There are certainly worse examples, but I think it's important to pay attention to how people choose to portray uh, any non-whiteness in this genre. Like it's a fun sci-fi story, but there are real world consequences to those views and those opinions that you learn from this type of shit. And it's so not hard to not fall into. And it's so not hard to write non-white characters, not as caricatures and not as stereotypes. And I would like it to be better. Um. So, yeah, so that's all of them. But I did have one thing that I think we want to kind of end on our visions discussion is obviously these are all intended to be shorts, but I think there's so much content. Which one would you guys want to see, like maybe be a backdoor pilot for like a full show or for these characters to return? My, I, I have two. One is the ninth Jedi, just because like it left me wanting to know what's going to happen with, with Kara and and her little new squad. And I want to see a happy ending of them rescuing her father. So that'd be, I think it'd be a really fun anime. And also because I am Trigger Stan and the twins was my favorite. I think that would be an interesting thing. It wouldn't have to like start off like where it left off in Visions. Maybe we could get some backstory on these two fucked up little twins. But yeah, those are the two I want to see. I am a stan of the Village Bride, so it shouldn't really come as a shock. That's the one that I want to see more of. I just think they introduced so many interesting concepts and interesting characters that I would love to see um, either as a backstory or as a full show. Like, I just, I want to know more about all of that. And that's the type of shit. Like, I know that I'm addicted to Jedi Post Order 66 as like cultural group because they fascinate me. But like, I just, I want to see more of that. And also more more weird lightsabers please like more lightsabers that are not lightsabers I just think that they were so fun and I love her like I know that they'll probably never make a good replica of F's lightsaber but uh if anyone does please let me know because that shit is awesome the duel was really cool um so I'm gonna save that for when I finish uh Ronin um because then I want to see like okay what else do I want from these characters um Personally, uh, I just think Tatooine Rhapsody would be really cool as just like some sort of comedy. Um, I said this in the, uh, when I was talking about Resistance, but like I think all of the different animated shows, they kind of have a different vibe. Um, you know, Rebels is like a, a family sort of show. It's like the modern family of Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars. Clone Wars is an anthology show. Resistance is a workplace comedy, specifically Parks and Recreation. Um, and I really think that Tatooine Rhapsody, like Tatooine Rhapsody could really just be, it could really just be another genre like this, um, or just about this wild little Jedi and his little band. Um, and it could, and you could go to all these fun canonical places. Um, but yeah, I, 
I think I, my other two, I mean, I said Lapinocho. I think I would, I would like to see just so much more of that world. Um, and I think the elder, just because I would like to see more of their relationship and I like Dan. Now I'm changing my answer because the ninth dead Jedi would be sick. <laughs> I, I want to ruin this podcast for a second. Since you really want Tatooine Rhapsody to be its own show in a new genre, I would like to propose Tatooine Rhapsody. It's just Glee. That's the bottom of the show. Fuck off, Noah. Fuck off. Please, please, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Sam has to play Will Schuster. Boba Fett is Will Schuster. Fennec Shand is Sue Sylvester. Welcome to my (laughs) TED Talk. Fennec Shand wearing a blunt bang, uh, like a blonde bang wig is fucking everything to me. And a tracksuit? Fuck yeah. How about like Claudia bringing up Tatooine Rhapsody? It gave me the vibes of, it is just fucking um, little little boy shown in like anime. If you've ever seen any of like little kids shown in. So like Bakugan, <laughs> uh, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! card fight vanguard whatever the fuck this is hard because at first i was thinking like i do want to see the elder mostly because once again i love love Dantan dan content um but um <laughs> um i also actually think uh toby would be a really cute series um i could just see it being very like sweet and like just a good way to explore the star wars galaxy and like yeah have droid content um yeah, I would really like to see. I mean, obviously, I think the ninth Jedi is the one that was set up the best to be a continuous thing. It really was like setting us on a hero's journey situation. That being said, I do think that the Elder would be cool, just because I would really like to see a show that is that like Master and Padawan style, like them going on adventures from planet to planet but then also having this kind of overarching plot that gets resolved in the end of season one and then season two, they really are focusing more on like that style of show I think would be really cool. And seeing one that's really like, almost like I'm almost thinking like a Samurai Jack kind of situation. I think that you could do that with the elder cast. I think that would be really cool. I have come to you with an epic fusion in the same way that Visions is a fusion of of anime and Star Wars. I have gone to AO3 and searched for anime and Star Wars crossovers. Uh, So I guess I'm just going to show you like a little collection of those. Um, There's going to be some guessing. There's going to be some I just have to tell you uh, because there is one fic that I think is my new favorite fan fiction of all time that only has one tag. Um... But we'll, we'll save that for last, I think. Any questions before we start? I just wanted to say POV, Mel has prepared some anime and Star Wars fanfic for you. <laughs> Mel, also Mel knowing the least about anime and doing this makes me feel crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, where should I start? Where do I start? Um, I guess I'm going to start with I think the most tame of them all and like I think the only reason I think it's funny is just because it is funny um this is uh uh this is a death note um au um I'm gonna read you (laughs) I'm gonna read you the ships and I I want you to guess what the main ship is um this is a fic called mortals and fools um yeah 
So the other ships, not the main one. Cassian Andor, Jyn Erso, uh, Chira Imoe, Baze Malbus, Poe Dameron, Finn. What is the final ship? The main ship? The, the Death Note AU? No. Cody Wan. No. Is it Raylo? Is it? Yes, it is. It is a Raylo. <laughs> it is a Raylo. <laughs> okay, I do have Raylo to ask. Death Note AU. away from him. <laughs> Who is light in this AU? Who's the one with the Who's death note? Best you, guess. you can guess. Who do you think would be light in this AU? Yes. Wait, I'm Poe. so sorry to fucking Ray having to be Misa because I feel bad for Misa. Get Misa away from um, light. So actually, actually, hey guys, hey guys. So there is a tag that says Kylo is Kira. Is there a character named Kira? Okay, so Mel, anime <laughs> so, moment. Yeah. Kira and Light are the same character. Oh. Uh, they have the yeah. Um, Jeff's. <laughs> I really hate you for putting the concept of Ray as Misa in my fucking brain. I'm so because, sorry. I damn, that's I, fucking terrible. I do have to say oh. that uh, I was a hardcore Death Note like fan as like a kid. So, uh, uh, yeah, this does make me feel insane. I do hate that a lot. One because like Light Yagami is way smarter than Kyle Ron. So, uh, <laughs> Kyle Ron doesn't even deserve to be Light. I've said what I've said. I've spoken. Okay, wait, but who, um, who's L? I don't fucking know. No, 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 no. Old of you is, to assume what I know. This is a question to the group, wait, Mel, I not thought, you. Okay, honestly, I thought L and Light were the same person until same. right now. L and Light um, are not Mel. the same person. Yes, who do you think wait, L is? Is, Light the, is L the, the big bad guy? Because my L, assumption no, 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 is... Okay, okay, so Light, Light is the guy with the death note. He is the one killing everybody. L is yeah. a detective sent in to stop him from murdering people. Ray. Um. Yeah, here's the summary. Frustrated by the inefficient law enforcement in a city plagued by crime, Ben Solo takes justice into his own hands when he finds a strange notebook enabling him to kill a person simply by writing their name. His killing of criminals earns him anonymous fame as the controversial Kylo Ren, regarded as a mass murderer by some and a savior by others. When Kylo's killing spree gains the attention of an elusive detective only known as the Scavenger, Ben is ensnared in a deadly game of wits which which neither he nor his foe can foresee the end. So Ray is L! Ray is L! Oh my god! Next fic is a Tokyo Ghoul AU. No! I think they, I will just write, read the author's note. How about that? And we'll, we'll talk from there. Okay. Names are written in the Japanese order. Last name, first name. An example, Vanto Eli, because of plot points. Yes! <laughs> no. Guess the ship, quickly. Is Thranto? it not? Thranto. It's not Thranto. Eli Vanto <gasps> slash Briarly Ronan. No, it is not. Eli, Eli Samacra. Eli is not involved in the main ship. So, okay. Oh. Ron and Briarly Ronan. It is Thrawn and someone. Is it Thrawn and Price? Yes, it Thrawn is. It. Thrawn <laughs> again? The thrice fic as Tokyo Tokyo I haven't brought it up in a while, but this fic is getting price busted. <laughs> okay, okay. Wait, does this imply that Thrawn is the main character of Tokyo Ghoul? So here's the thing. I don't know because I did try to read the first chapter to be like, what the fuck is happening here? Um, I don't know. I just wait, so read the this. summary. Which one? The summary. Which character is Ken, and which one is? I need to know. That's a great question. I don't fucking know anything. So <laughs> I was summary? maybe the worst person to do this segment summary. Every ghoul has two paths in life to choose from: 
die of starvation or kill humans. Being able to only consume human meat, they didn't have much of a choice. After Thras's death, Thrawn has no interest in interacting with humans. Oh, it's him then. <laughs> Any more than necessary. After all, they were just food. Just meat you eat to survive. And even children get taught not to play with their food. That was the reason his brother got killed. Liking a human. And Thrawn swore himself he wouldn't make the same mistake. It wasn't his fault he started to enjoy the company of the one mute of what of one of the music students at the university. Well, I think this is going to be pretty, uh, pretty... This one's Naruto and Thrawn are hanging out. <laughs> well, well, are you ready? Dio kills Jar Jar Binks' dad, Bar Bar Jinx, and Jar Jar must travel to Egypt to avenge him. This is the wacky family fun adventure that ensues. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure! This, guess, what, guess what it's called? quickly jar jar's bizarre adventure yes it is i fucking hate it here i i i bet this person thought of that joke and then was like i gotta write a fiction absolutely would you like to hear the characters in this fan fiction <laughs> yes, i would please, love God. to i know you don't know anything about jojo's bizarre adventure but if it's possible for oh, you to explain to I, me what jar jar's stand is i will <laughs> lose my mind. um so here's the thing I don't know how much that has to do with the story because the characters in this fic are Jar Jar Binks, Dio Brando, Toby Maguire, Guy Fieri, Jeb Bush, Donald Trump, Tony the Tiger, Aaron Carter, Dark Toby Maguire, and Barbar Jinx. I fucking uh... <laughs> so I, I realize I realize this is back. I really do. But I need you to know that there is a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure series where the president is a character. The tag um, Daddy Kink is in this, and I hate it. Yes, it is. I'm so sorry. I did read the tags because they were kind of graphic. I'm going to read the summary. I will be the very best, like no one else was, ever was. No. To smash the Empire is my real test in trusting in the Force. Is this a Luke Skywalker as Ash Ketchum? No, it is Pokemon, but it is not, not anything Luke. to do with Luke. Ezra Bridger. Nope. Um, I will say this. No Jedi. Is this Rogue One? Yes, it is Rogue One. <laughs> Jin? It is called Pokemon. <laughs> Not Pokemon. <laughs> no, what? They all get Pokeballs and then fucking die? It's a lot of this movie. I don't know. It's yeah, crazy. get a Pokeball. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> it's like in the Pokemon movie when Pikachu <laughs> Not when Pikachu oh. Pikachu dies? When he starts, no. yeah, he starts talking. I don't know anything about. He this. didn't die. He was just like it's the end of like the first episode of Pokemon, basically, where they got fucked up by a bunch of Pidgeys or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Spiro, okay. sorry, Spiro. Also, I'm and so then, sorry. Like, he's no. just like he's like, why wouldn't you go in your Pokeball, Pikachu? And Pikachu's just like because I wanted to be with you. <laughs> just like what the fuck? Why I'm is just saying. I would like to propose that this is not even a Pokemon AU. This is just Rogue One if Krennic insisted the Death Star be painted like a Pokeball and it floats in the sky. And they're like, oh my god, it's <gasps> okay. a really big Pokeball. Wait. And then they're fucking annihilated. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The beam that comes out of the Death Star, it's not a beam. It's like it attracts the planet into the giant oh, so return. I hate this. Okay, yeah, I still have two more, so can we no, move on? No, because I can't, I can't con- with this. The concept that Tarkin looks at Leia before firing the Death Star and is like, Alderaan, return, and then fucking- I fucking hate it. I choose you. <laughs> um, so this next one, the summary is, the Pokemon sector is facing a crisis that is preventing their artwork from being exported. <laughs> what else is Thrawn to do but make Eli and but to take Eli and try to go solve it? Thranto Pokemon at you? Yes, but there are two characters also involved in this uh 
uh, uh, fan fiction from po- the Pokemon. From Pokemon? Who? Quickly. Ash is it Team Rocket? Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. I figured it was Team Rocket. The, the title cool. of this. The title of this. <laughs> the, title of, the title of this fic is Thrawn and Team Rocket. <laughs> Are you ready for the best fan fiction I've ever seen in my fucking life? Oh God. Okay. The summary. You want me to cook on a plane? He asked. Rich kids. I can't say it isn't clever, clever, but is it really that cost effective? Kaiba laughed, and it sounded like sandpaper. Walter knew his eyes. Oh no, Mr. White, don't be ridiculous. You have you have a dragon-shaped airplane. What is it more ridiculous than that? First of all, it's awesome. Secondly, not an airplane. Kaipo walked past, handing his suitcase off to a child beside him. I hope you packed your bags. Heisenberg. All characters, locations, and scenarios were, oh, were pulled out of a hat to create the story. But oh, the one tag here is crossover. Can you guess what the crossover is? It's Yu-Gi-Oh! And, and Breaking Bad. And Breaking <laughs> Bad is Star Wars? The title of this fanfiction, everyone. Everyone, drum roll, please. The title of this fic is... <laughs> Welcome to the Meth Star. <laughs> the Meth Star? I'm gonna fucking myself. Oh, wait, okay, Holy what shit. fucking Star Wars characters are in this? I don't know! there's only one tag there's one tag tag. and then would you like to hear would you like to hear (laughs) characters Walter White, Seto Kaiba location, Death Star, scenario zombie apocalypse what the (laughs) okay so uh, some fun just lore is Seto Kaiba was my first ever fictional crush ever and he's that's taste He's the blueprint for every other fictional character I've ever fallen in love with. So just think about that when you can, think of who my taste is. Can someone tell me who what that character is from? It's Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, I'm stupid anyway. Kyber Crystal Meth. Kyber Crystal Meth. Right, <laughs> this is my concept. Is that Walter White is the one selling death sticks in Attack of the Clones? <laughs> Sleaze Bagano? <laughs> Walter oh Sleaze Bagano? <laughs> Except he didn't listen, he didn't Obi-Wan. listen to Obi Wan. He still went on in life no, and he did to listen. Make... No, he did he listen. Did he became li- a chemistry teacher. Yeah, he did listen. Well, he became a chemistry teacher, but then he got math. cancer. Oh we so figured it's it out. like. Well, he didn't get cancer, he got coming, space cancer. Coming cancer. to Disney Plus 2022. Guys, Star Wars fans make this happen. I think it could make a billion dollars in revenue. Cito Kaiba Okay, so now it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Name That Ship, which basically is where one of us uh, brings a fic to the table and our other hosts have to guess the main ship in question uh, about the fic. So as a little prelude to mine, the ship is is bad. But it's not all that insane. It's the it's the scenario that made me feel absolutely crazy. This is, <laughs> this one is the ghost of Christmas presents. Basically, I'm going to tell you that every character in this is a sequel character because otherwise I can't tell you about a single person involved. So 
the main ships, character A slash character B, and Finn slash Ray. That is the background ship that is in the spic. Not that bad. Characters, character A, character B, Ray, Finn, Phasma, Armitage, Hux. Additional tags, alternate universe, office, Christmas, Christmas presents, enemies to friends to lovers, childhood trauma, stupid title, fighting in target. Those are the tags. So is it, is it Poe and Kylo Ren? It is. Oh my God. The way I was also about to say that. No, no. I don't like it. Is the summary. Can I read you the summary, Mel, or do you have a question? No, read the summary and then I'm just going to say something and then we can move on. Poe and his coworker Ben loathe each other so when they draw each other's names for a holiday gift exchange. Neither had a clue of what kind of present to give. They're forced to learn more about one another and both prove to be full of surprises. I, I hate it, but also I do think that that's a funny concept. And I, I, do you want to know the, na- the final nail in the coffin for me about this fic? Oh, of course. Do you want to guess how many words it has? No! 50,000. Okay, not that high. 20,000. It has 28,000 words and Shut six full chapters. I <laughs> fucking hate it here. This is the last thing I'll say about this goddamn thing because the ship was fine, but just the concept of target office workers made me feel insane. I also need you to know that in this big Poe works in shipping, which is whatever, and Kylo Ren is their one-man IT department. <laughs> Like, he's like not the, the radar technician. The no, he like is the Geek fake, Squad. The, the fic the literally right. goes through the trouble of making sure that you know that he is the only person employed for IT at this target. So I have a fic today, and it's kind of unconventional, but it's so crazy I would be remiss not to share it. This was sent to me by at uninsured underscore dirt on TikTok. Let's get into it. The title of this is With All His Curves. It is rated teen and up. The relationship is character A, character B. And it is also Cody slash Obi-Wan mentioned. The characters are character A, character B, Count Dooku, General Grievous, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Additional tags are, I am so sorry for this. Crack fic. Crack treated kind of seriously. I know this is weird, okay? This is not even the worst thing I wrote. And I'm going to skip these next couple tags, but... The next one is innocent girl falls in love with a cold-hearted CEO, but it's something I can't say right now. And you'll understand once you figure out what it is. The last tag is, I don't know what I'm doing. She was a simple girl from Tatooine. He was a blank. This is the story of how they fell in love. And the reason that I am not giving you like the he was a blank is because what he is is the character. This is not like a specific mm-hmm. character. Yeah, so this, is it Jabba? Yeah, is it Jabba? So is, is it Jabba the Hutt? It Hut? is not Jabba the Hutt is the thing. Oh. Is it, is it, not, it is not a Hut. No, here's the thing. What this person is, like what their type of thing is, is the important thing. And here's the other thing I need you to know. The girl from Tatooine is an original character. So who she is, who this character is shipped with is Buck Wild. It takes place during the, other- the Clone Wars. Is this Just is so this know. person is this guy is he from Tatooine? Is this he like is a not Tatooine he is special? not a, so here's the thing, he is not like a character. He is a character in this fic, but what he is is the Max sort of Rebo. Thing. 
He's not Max Regal. They do not have a name. A it is a type of thing. He is a droid. What type of droid? Is it a called K2SO? droid? K2SO? No. Is it no, a no, protocol no. It's droid? Not a, it's not a named droid. Um, is mouse it, droid. It's not a mouse droid. Is it a battle droid of it any is, variety? It is a battle droid. Oh! It's battle droid X. Do you want to guess which one? <laughs> okay, what are the big, tall, gray ones? Super battle droid, the B2 battle droid, yes. <gasps> this, is, this is original character slash B2 battle droid. You know what? You know what? Oh. I, I respect this person. They are Ooh. they are a droid a droid fucker and they they went pull ham with it i i don't agree but i respect it so um, it is um i'll read reread the tags for you real quick it is mom dad this is my <laughs> husband b2 super battle droid it is called the tags are um practically seriously i know this is weird okay this is not even the worst thing i wrote droids battle droids b2 droid innocent girl falls in love with a cold-hearted ceo but it's with battle droids i don't know what i'm doing the summary is, she was a simple girl from Tatooine. He was a B2 battle droid. This is the story of how they fell in love. Why okay, am I kind of here for this narrative, though? A good, uh, like, ASMR fan vid that I have in my mind is, he was a battle droid. She was a <laughs> human from Tatooine. Not fucking skater boy. Skater droid. What? Okay. Shades? Um. Hey, do you guys want to know how many words, how many uh, chapters this has? Oh, yeah. 32. 15. Eight. I would just like to propose that the sequel to Tatooine Rhapsody is an Avril Lavigne style character writing a song about a simple girl from Tatooine who eventually falls in love with a corporate CEO B2 battle droid. This has also given me the great image though of a B2 battle droid in like a three-piece charcoal gray suit like and he goes to sip coffee and it just like goes down the front of his body because he doesn't have a mouth. That's powerful. It would be like a fun little moment, like uh, in the Ninth Jedi with the the pilot droid, like drinking tea. And with that, thank you so much for joining us this week for Roop Helps Pod Race. Episodes usually drop on Sundays. For updates, Star Wars news, and more cursed shit, follow us on social media at Roop Helps Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, if you really love the show, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, even if you don't use it as your podcatcher. Uh, thank you, DMS. K D N C K um, and Aoife for leaving us reviews. Uh, also, we love hearing from you. What would you like to see from us uh, until Book of Boba Fett? Send us a question in our TikTok Q&A, tweet at us, DM us on Instagram, or send us an email at rupehelpspodrace at gmail.com. May the force be with you and don't griff it up. Waka waka. Waka waka. Waka waka. waka, waka. waka, waka.